How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Parents vs. Gaming. It is July 18th. I had to look at the date. This is episode 17, and we've got a couple of special guests. We're going to talk everything Xbox. I know we talked about it at the end of last week's episode. We kind of dug into it a little bit. We didn't mean to, and I promised some of the viewers, especially Gump Gump, if he's back, and a few of the others, that we would get into kind of everything that they're doing, whether it's All Access, Game Pass, the Family app that just got a huge update this week. Uh, so we'll jump into that. We've also got a special guest to kind of jump into, um, the video game addiction side of things. So let me go around the room and introduce everybody right next to me, the always beautiful, gorgeous from Idaho, one of the coaches of the Idaho Horsemen. We've got Mr. Jay Noller, U.S. Barber himself. Uh, thank you. First of all, I knew exactly who you were talking about as soon as you said beautiful, wonderful, amazing. So thank you for that wonderful introduction. Back at you, babe. <laughs> right next to Jay, we've got once again joining us, kind of our video game expert, plays too long, plays everything, loves the grind in every game possible. All over Warframe right now, Master of Shadows, Mr. Taylor Brown. How's it going? <clears throat> And all the way on the end, our special guest jumping into the video game addiction side of things, Miss Milena Ornelas. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here we are. Uh, again, like we do every week, if you guys have any questions in the chat, jump in. We'll interact with you live. Don't forget, this is on all podcast platforms that you can listen to it later or if you miss an episode. Also, we are part of Last Choice Network, which is starting to kick off a lot on YouTube. So you guys can look at a lot of content on there. We're doing a couple of Let's Plays. I know Master Shadows and I are playing through all of A Way Out. I know it's an old game, but we had a really good time playing through it. So we're excited for anyone who wants to watch and, and kind of see that game. That was a great game a couple years ago. It came out by Hazelight and uh, Joseph Ferris. And then they followed that up with a uh, It Takes Two. And then they also, before that, they had the, I believe it was the Brothers, the Tale of Two Sons, which was a super popular mobile game. So if you guys enjoy those kind of things, uh, I would love for you guys to stop by and check us out. But let's kind of dive into this. I want to start with the video game addiction side of things. And then we'll jump into the Xbox stuff a little bit more lighthearted. So we've brought Milena on. And Milena, one of our biggest topics is is, uh, the constant battle on whether or not people find video game addiction, how to deal with it, uh, especially the parents and their kids. A lot of parents that don't understand gaming, they're afraid to do, you know, let their kids play games at all. We talk about that on here all the time, or they don't know how to control the moderation, or just because a kid acts out when they take it away, they think that, okay, my kid's addicted to video games, life is over, I've ruined their life, they're never going to become anything. But there is that fine line, of course, that people do you know, seem to lean on video games or they get depressed or, and a lot of people find that. So can you kind of jump in and just give us a little bit of from your side of things, your professional opinion and, and what that is, and also kind of introduce yourself a little bit, your credentials and everything that you kind of come from. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So my name is Melina. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I have a private practice here in North Texas. Um, I specialize in working with adults, um, adults with childhood trauma and um, adult children of alcoholics and adults with alcoholism and substance abuse as well. And um, so to answer your, I don't know which question to answer, um, but so wait, what did you ask? 
You can just kind of jump right in and, and kind of set the groundwork. So for us, obviously, we're not licensed professionals. We can only go off of, of an article we may read or or things like that, or just, you know, con- the constant battle of trying to argue the fact that it isn't this bad thing to let your kids play video games. So we just want to be able to show both sides of it. If there is an addiction, is it a real thing? You know, how, how okay. does that go? Yeah. So it's it only becomes a real, I mean, there's, the thing is that it does addiction, all addict, all addictions in a nutshell start with an unhealthy pattern and, uh, or start with a pattern that can become unhealthy and then can cross into the threshold of actually being, um, an addiction. And so a couple of things have to be present for that to happen. And, um, the, the main thing is that it's, it's like somehow interfering with daily functioning. So, if it's a kid, then that's their academics or social life, those kind of things. Like something is interfering with that. And if it's an adult, then it's, you know, like their family time or um, work life, that kind of thing. So it has to be in order for it to be. Um, so it, start, it develops from a, a, an unhealthy preoccupation with a behavior. And so in this case, what we're talking about gaming, but it can be anything. So it in. And the unhealthy preoccupation is kind of what designates it and makes it um, an addiction. And that's addiction in a nutshell, whether it's a process, like a behavioral addiction, or whether it's an addiction to a substance. Um, So if the preoccupation becomes so great that we abandon our um, other responsibilities, like I said, like family or school or whatever activities, um, that's when it's in danger. They were like the person's in danger of, of like becoming addicted, like truly addicted. Um, but so, so if somebody were to be like gaming, like eight hours a day, but they were still taking care of the other stuff, then that wouldn't necessarily fall into the category of that because there's no impairment to the functioning because they're taking care of the other stuff. But I would definitely say that something like that would be something to keep an eye on for sure. Jay, do you have any questions for Melina? I know we've, we've kind of glossed over this, but I would love to dive into it a little bit more here. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for coming on here and hanging out with a couple of chuckleheads um, who really don't do anything and are just kind of winging this right now. So I appreciate having a professional and an expert come on here. Uh, the second part is, is I need you to say the part about being able to play video games for eight hours a day and it being okay. So I can take that and put it into a clip for my wife. And then that way, anytime she asks me what I'm doing, I can just be like, well, I had an expert. <laughs> And she said, I can play for eight hours a day. So, but I think that kind of gets into what James and I have talked about before is, you know, it's all fine and great until, you know, it starts interfering with your life. You start pushing those right. loved ones away. Yep. Um, you know, James has gone for weeks without showering before. Uh, we've all seen it. We've had to talk to him about yeah, it. Hygiene it's is it's gotten bad. Yeah, yeah. Hygiene's a big thing. And I oh, think... Wow. Uh, that pops up a lot in uh, Comic Cons. I think the no deodorant uh, hygiene issue pops up a lot too. But um, you know what? My my concern's always been so. I have a pretty. I don't. I've never been clinically diagnosed with it, but a pretty addictive personality. And mm-hmm. so I've always got to be very careful whenever I do get into something because when I like something, I really, really like it, and I really kind of have that experience where I just kind of go right down that rabbit hole. Um, you know, is, is, is video gaming in your opinion, something that is 
one of those things that we need to be very cognizant of with kids because it's an easy substitute for one addiction going right into gaming? I mean, I would, I would say that it's, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. You know, when you talk about having an addictive personality, so really what we're talking about, the elements that have to exist for that to, to like the potentials are um, that mental obsession, like what we're talking about. Like I'm all I can think about is when can I do it next? You know? And like, so whenever, whenever that happens, when I have the mental obsession, then I start to lie and I start to, you know, like either minimize what I'm, what I'm doing, minimize the amount of like time I'm doing it or make up an excuse for why I can't do something that I would normally be doing. So I can, so the mental obsession is the first thing. And then the other part is, um, is like the physical part, which is, it's interesting because there's some research. So all of this, by the way, is still like under research. So according to the diagnostic manual that we use to diagnose people, it's not, it's not in there. It's recognized as a diagnosable, like gaming addiction or anything like that. So right now the only the um, it doesn't exist. So you're saying yeah. that video game addiction is is not a real thing. Well, it's not it's not recognized in America in the American Psychiatric um, Manual, the Diagnostic Manual that we use to diagnose and treat. Uh, it's so not no, recognized there. What with it not being recognized, I know Jay and I are kind of joking, saying, "Well, it's not real. Problem solved." <laughs> but a lot of people do believe it's real. So like you're kind of saying that it. it can kind of be real with that being said well, since it's not recognized does that affect anything the way you can do treatment the way you can help no someone? it's i mean it is it's very much like mirrors uh, the only thing that is in there is gambling addiction and and it's very similar to it and really it's there's so much that's like so that's why to answer your question jay yes because there's so many elements that are there that's why when i so i don't really treat this you know normally but i i am substance use and and alcoholism is my um specialty so when i was doing like light research in it the, these process and behavior addictions are very similar um to substances uh but i mean they have unique there's like unique things about them as well but they're very similar so so it's not that it isn't real. And also it's been placed in a category of things that need to be researched, that they just need more time to look at. And the di- the most recent diagnostic, the most recent DSM that we use is from 2013. So it hasn't been updated in, you know, eight years now. Um, but it is definitely being researched. And the World Health Organization has also um, researched it and they created an ICD-9 code, which is what we use to, to bill. So they've created something. And I know they have treatment centers in South Korea and China. So like they're, they're recognizing that people are not thriving in their communities um, because of gaming. So it's not that it's not real. <laughs> Those fucking EA loot crates, man. It's those loot boxes, dude. It's it's over. But, you know, um, actually, you brought up a really good point, and I say that jokingly. So for those folks that are that are listening, that are gamers, uh, they know exactly what I'm referencing. But I think it goes back to, like, the whole European Union and kind of what they said is, is you know, once you start to create a game that has that gambling element in it, yes, for a person exactly. with a... Uh, with a with a, an addictive personality towards gambling, or in my case, just obsession, um, you know that's what you kind of anchor onto inside that game. Yes, and it's mm-hmm. not the game anymore. It's really that gambling part of your lizard brain that's kind of taking over and yep. um, causing the problems. Yep, definitely. You know, yeah, uh, definitely. It. I was going to Go say, ahead. let's jump in with uh, Taylor real quick because he's laughing. If there's one person in of our in our group that is big into the grind games, we're talking. He plays games where to get anywhere in those games, Melania, you're putting in an average of five to eight hours a day. 
whether it's an MMO type game, I know he's big into Warframe, Destiny, it was Diablo as well. These games are huge grind games. If you want to progress in these kind of games, these games are set up for someone to dump, you know, 800 hours in a short amount of time. Uh, Taylor, do you feel like you would say that you have an addiction or is just this your, how how would you self-assess yourself on this? Some of it I would say would probably be a little bit of addiction. Not gonna lie. because I do I do spend quite a bit of time playing these games and spend a healthy amount of money in some of these games, which would lead to the gambling addiction like when they had the little uh what the Ingram things you could buy from Tess, trying to get things up the cosmetics you wanted out of. Um on top of that, I, I really, it's something where, like the grind games, though, I like being able to sit down and have friends where I can talk to and you just mindlessly do something while you're actually engaging with other people. Because a lot of the times I'm playing these, I'm either talking to you, James, or Quick, or Ty, or somebody. I'm actively engaging with somebody else, and we're not even talking about the game. We'll be talking about what's going on in each other's lives. And that brings up a a good point, which I kind of want to bring to you, Milena, is, you know, you'll get, especially for you, being what you do, you'll have, you know, you could possibly have parents reach out to you to help their their kids maybe, right? So, and they're going to tell you, oh, they're completely addicted. They have no social life. They're not into it. But as you start to talk to this kid, you might get kind of responses like Taylor's saying, where they have a huge social life in a community but they're just because their parents don't see it physically and they don't like gaming they don't understand gaming how do you convey that to a parent to help them understand that hey your your kid does have a social life this is the thing they enjoy doing maybe they don't like they don't want to play t-ball or they don't want to be on a baseball team it doesn't mean that they're not engaging in stuff and i'm not saying don't make you know don't have your you know we talk about this all the time moderation don't don't you know, keep your kid from I was just gonna say, physical activity. A, I'm not trying to prevent that, what, but I'm just saying, do you ever, can you come back at the parent and say, look, your your kid has a social life. You just don't see it. It's a little bit of a slippery slope because the social life online versus um, in real life is totally different. I mean, the skills that are used for that are, they're different. Um, so it's a, that's a little bit of, I don't know, like, I feel like so much of what we're talking about right now, like, especially with Taylor too, is more like tailored to the person. And just like, I mean, that's, that's everything all the time. Anyway, um, it's only a problem. I mean, literally by definition, if it's impairing your functioning. So if it's not impairing functioning, it is not a problem. I mean, by definition, it's not, that's not, that's not disordered. It's not disordered gameplay, you know, if it's not impairing that. So, so it's like, you know, but there's like, there's those, um, but again, if it's excessive and if it's like, there's a whole list of, of things and you have to like meet five out of like 10 of the criteria for one year um, to like, like in the, like in the um, gambling one, like that's and in a lot of these, a lot of the stuff in the DSM, it's like, you've got to meet like an X number of things. And some of those is lying. And some of those is like, um, like if you use, I mean, it's a lot of the same, like escape. Like if I'm using it to feel better, uh, like I don't want to feel a certain emotion and I'm trying to like, I'm, feeling sad or feeling angry and I'm going to game like to cover up that emotion and not process that. Um, I mean, there's other problems that can come from that, that don't necessarily have to do with the gaming. Like that's not gaming disordered, you know, um, related, but 
So I think for, in terms of like communication with parents, I think it's really important, um, you know, to look at if they're, if they're feeling like there's a problem and if, I mean, if they're deciding, if they're looking at it and they're, and they're thinking, I think this might be an issue for any number of reasons, whatever it might be. Um, I think it's really important to find the root cause of what's lacking, um, what's lacking for that, that kiddo or, you know, I mean, even adult really what's, what's missing that, that we're, we're getting it from this. So that's, that might start to, that might cause a problem where the patterns might cause a problem. Um, and is there an issue that maybe sparked this or like an, an, a that sparked an obsession that's like out of the ordinary, you know, like, so not like UJ who's just looking for your next obsession. <laughs> um, but I mean, is there something that's, that's going on? Just like really like non-judgment, like promoting um, open communication, educating parents on that, I think is so important. And also, and I know you guys talk about this a lot around here too, but like modeling, I mean, what we do as parents is so important. What's the culture in your family? You know, like, are we, is this important or is this not that, that kind of modeling? <laughs> but good job. <laughs> you could definitely. I was ready for my close up. For those you just could, listening you, on the audio version on the podcast later, on the video version, <laughs> Jay is over there trying to put on his best modeling uh, act. He's voguing. He is voguing. <laughs> 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 Anyways, so, yeah, what so what's happening at home? I mean, that's like the most important thing. And, you know, just sitting around having a conversation, sit down for dinner and and bring some of these things up. Now, we had a previous episode where we talk about can video game help depression, especially with kids. Now, for me, you kind of mentioned it where you turn video gaming into an escape. Anytime I've really had some self-depression in my life or just things that I couldn't handle dealing with, you know, whether it's Taylor or Jay or some other people that I game with that are my personal friends, gaming has been my escape. It ha- It is something that keeps me from going down a dark path. So is that necessarily a bad thing or is it, again, does so, it come back to moderation? It definitely, it always comes back to moderation for sure. Um, so that's fine. So there's different types of coping skills and strategies that are to be used at different times. So something that you're talking about right now would be like to keep you safe and happy and whatever in the moment. But as a long-term thing, no, that's not good. (laughs) I mean, anything that we do to stuff our feelings and emotions, if we don't take them back out and look at them or process them, they don't go nowhere. I mean, they stay within us and, um, and they grow. Whatever we plant, it grows. So it's fine for like in the moment, you know, to like, like I said, like if it, if the alternative to that is something that's self-harming, then of course that is absolutely fine. Um, But yeah, not for a long-term it's yeah. Uh, no, I, I do have some questions from chat. I don't want to. I don't want to dismiss them over here. I've got um, Lone Wolf at one point said Destiny, which was a, is a game for those listening, a uh, very popular game. Destiny became a weekly checklist for my wife and I. We gamed like crazy and it took over our lives. Again, uh, Melina, that goes back to kind of the games I was talking about. That Taylor is very well known for playing. They're big grind games, and they do sometimes kind of have this like checklist feel. You know, you've got this like things you need to do in the game every week, but does it affect your actual life? No, but it is that feel good feeling that you finished that for that week. So I don't know if that if that jumps into the is that something that you think games are doing to make you be addicted to them? Or is it just that's just something that makes you feel good for finishing that weekly task? And that article that you sent um, had talked a little bit about that, about how, like, and I know Jay touched a little bit on it, too, about how, like, um, some of those video game, um, 
whatever design make designers I don't know what to call it um but they like put it in there those things that are like that are that are very similar to gam- like what sucks in a gambler and keeps them going and keeps them motivating and the other part too is that like they make it I think if I'm remembering the article, I don't, I don't want to like misquote it, but something like hard enough that it's challenging, but easy enough that the rewards are there and they're coming. Um, and then also that there's never an end or it feels like there's never an end. I think those are like the elements that they were talking about that is very similar to gambling because potentially there's never an end, right? Once you get going, you can go forever. Um, but then it's like, I'm winning some, I'm losing some, but it's like that that keeps um, that part of our lizard brain, like Jay talked about, engaged and fired up. <laughs> and for those on for those on video, you can clearly see that uh, Master Shadows Taylor over there is kind of laughing to himself because you are hitting without even being a gamer yourself, Melania. You are hitting all the key aspects of what the games that he looks for. He the games that are successful in his genre of playing, only the ones that are able to hit those key points are the ones that keep the audience. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's almost like you're saying when it comes to an addiction or being too involved in something, these video game companies almost have to ride that fine line of mm-hmm. wanting you to feel that way, but also not letting the industry fall into it's a horrible thing. The world should shut it down. Unless it's something like dark souls. And then it just tries to rip it out of you. <laughs> there is no easy way to that. If you accomplish anything in that game, you've accomplished something. That's a good point. Now I've got another question here for you. <laughs> Melina it says, uh, it's from Lone Wolf as well. It says, what about kids and adults who use gaming to escape from reality to so-called uh, check out? Yeah, again, same thing. I mean, anything, everything in moderation for sure. I mean, if that's, but what are we like, what are we checking out from? I mean, that would be my question. I mean, is there something that potentially needs to be addressed like in therapy or through journaling or, you know, some, there's some feeling that, that we're not processing and we're stuffing that's going to blow up in our face later. And time will tell on that. I mean, to be honest, so, I hate to be so, such no, a no, but I mean, so before, it comes before out. we move on to the Xbox side of things and I want to keep you around here, Melina, because being a, being a parent, uh, Jay, you have a question. Go ahead. I, I, I do have a question. Sorry, I didn't want to step on you. Okay, so we've talked about what to look for, James and his poor hygiene habits. Um, so let's theoretically come up with with something here. So um, James is normally my bitch, but in this particular uh, example, we're going to use him as my teenage son. So as a parent, I see him get involved with a game, and I see him start to kind of exhibit those signs that you're talking about. Like, um, I know he's supposed to go out with his buddies. They go out every Friday night. All of a sudden, he starts skipping them. I walk by the theater room or the TV. And, dude, what's going on? I thought you are going out with the boys. I decided to stay in. And then he's playing video games. And then I start to see, like, dude, did you get your chores done? Did you, you know, you mentioned academics is a big indicator usually for, um, you know, age children and stuff and he's starting to kind of check those boxes off now i guess here now that i've identified the problem here's the tough part because you're kind of the the solution james is my problem how do i get that bridge and how do i bring somebody how do do i i guess how do i start that conversation because i'm struggling to task my question properly um how you know how do i have that conversation do i sit down with james and be like dude what the hell's going on or do i just like Take him to your office and drop him off and be like, yo, fix him. 
Um, well, you can do either one. Um, <laughs> no, I would definitely say that it depends on, you know, it, again, it depends on the family. It depends on the culture. I would, I would a hundred percent start by again, modeling it at home, like checking yourself, um, checking yourself for sure. Because there's so many times that somebody get like the exact same thing you, you just described. I'm dropping off my kid and here's the problem. And then within like 10 minutes of, of talking to the kid, the parents are doing the same thing that they're bringing, you know? So, you know, it's like, first of all, clean up your side of the street. That's, that's just my personal um, opinion, <laughs> clean up your side of the street. Um, and then, you know, just, I mean, have some kind of conversation, however you guys would do, maybe driving in the car. Some That's usually like a, you know, kind of easier um, way uh, to talk to kids, especially teenagers, because you're not having that pressure of looking at yourself, looking at each other. Um, but, you know, a lot of compassion, a lot of understanding, a lot of communication, a lot of curiosity. Stay curious about what's going on, um, because there's probably something else happening, honestly. I mean, there's probably something else that you're going to hopefully find that really doesn't have a lot to do with the gaming. And, you know, maybe there's some kid that's somebody that's bullying him, or maybe he doesn't want to do that sport anymore. Maybe he's interested in this and not that, but he didn't know he'd tell you, you know, I mean, I would, I would venture to say that it probably has, there's probably something else happening that has nothing to do with this. So I would definitely create the space for that. Um, the best way you know how. Yeah, I could definitely see James being bullied and then not making the, uh, the soccer team. So that would really mm -hmm. probably set him up so no thank you for that yeah he would game all night with that yeah maybe, yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> so before we i was gonna say emily and i want to keep you around because being a parent yourself you have kids and i know some of them do game so i like i'm i'm gonna enjoy hearing your perspective from kind of the outside as we go through the marketing strategies by microsoft and xbox right now kind of what they're offering versus kind of what the other systems and, and consoles are offering. And, and as a parent, if you were tasked with going in and, and starting your kid out in gaming because they want to be, if Xbox is something you would see the value in compared to what the others offer and, and how much money can go into as a parent when you're buying game after game after game after game, that that's kind of what we want to hear from you. But before we jump into that... Uh, I want, want to talk a little bit about why we have you kind of anger with your friends in video gaming. So I was asked earlier by Milena if any of us have ever, you know, we're really good friends and if we argue when we're gaming. <clears throat> and I would love to know if you think that kind of gets into your territory on the professional sides of things, Milena. But one thing you said to me is, you can imagine of all of our group of friends, the one person that probably doesn't ever argue with anybody is Master of Shadows, Mr. Taylor Brown himself in the middle. And I told you I would let him explain the very first time a good friend of mine who you know named Kyle played with us. <clears throat> and Taylor, do you want to kind of give the story on whether or not you yell or argue in a video game? <laughs> so we're taking Kyle through his first introduction to Destiny 2's uh, Taking King. He hadn't played with us ever, so, and we get into this just knockout, dragout argument. Me and James do. It's we're yelling at each other, like actually yelling at each other. But by the end, we're both laughing, and Kyle has no idea what to do at this point in time. Because we've done it before. We get we get a little upset at each other, and we yell at each other. 
But me and James normally end up laughing at each other because we realize how stupid one another are for doing it in the first place. And Kyle's just in shock and all, just silent, just dead silent. Doesn't want to say anything because he doesn't know how to respond to what just happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to play anymore. Lone Wolf says, <laughs> yeah. in, the Lone Wolf says in the chat that friendships have been ruined from Destiny raids. Oh, yeah. We lost an, our entire clan pretty much split because of a Destiny raid. I the Taken King raid. I would say this, Melina. There are definitely games that you can play that will test... If, if you are really friends with someone in a group or you just met them online or if someone's super sensitive because these games get where eventually somebody has to be the leader. They just have to be. Someone's, and you might be the like alpha in your group in real life, but on gaming, you're not very good. <clears throat> US Bobber. Um, but <laughs> so, <laughs> so do, do you think that... I guess from a professional side of things, do you think that that can be a problem showing anger in video games with your friends or is it really no different than kind of arguing with your friends on a basketball court or in real life? I mean, if you're truly friends with people, in my opinion, I feel like you're going to have arguments eventually. And I feel like, at least for me, the only time I really argue with anyone in video games, they're truly my friends because I know that I can completely lose it with them and we can say, I'm sorry, we can get back to it and we're fine. And anyone that can handle that was never really friends to begin with. Or if, you know, if they can never yell at me as well, what do you, what is your opinion? I don't know. I I mean, the yelling is way more intense than real life. You think so? I I would say it's, I would say that's because you can't really physically express yourself like you would in real life. So you just raise your voice instead. Yeah. No, 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 but here's the it's thing. It's like though. really loud. Yeah, look, really look, James fast, is like five really one. Scary. I'm 5'9 for some. And according here's to Crash, thing. I weigh 300 pounds. So look, <laughs> let's be realistic. He's like five one and a buck twenty-five. The difference is, is James is not raising his voice shit to me. Like, because he just James really stop. Like, he's not gonna do that. So I think gaming, because he is so far away, is a great yeah. equalizer. And I laugh about it all the time. And I said it this about 14 hours ago. I said it to him because we were playing. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I got I to gotta do like a demo here. Hang on. So he dies and he's so pissed and frustrated. All you hear is his clunk as yeah. his remote hits the thing. And I just die laughing because I played with him long enough to know that's his that's his like angry face. It's like you just hear ah, clunk and his remote hits the desk. <laughs> Listen, I think it can be a, a good outlet, especially as we get older and we don't, you know, we're not involved in organized sport. A lot of us are athletes. We played sports, right? Like Jay, for you, you were all over the place. You played every sport I can think of. And you were, you know, it, which is why we laugh so much. You've said many times you were the biggest shit talker in every sport. And we laugh that you kind of oh, yeah. keep quiet when we play Warzone. And it's clear it's because you, it's almost like psychologically, it seems frustrating to you because everything you've ever done in life physically, you've been able to dominate everywhere you go. But when you play Warzone, you've got a 12 year old that just crapped all over you. And what are you going <laughs> to say to them? <laughs> 
Especially yeah, when you know for three tea. seconds your death cam is going to go over to their feed. Right, especially with the like teabagging you and like shooting you all this extra stuff and everything else. Like, screw you, you little bastard. Like, go away. Um, <laughs> like, I will slap you. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's you're you're absolutely right. I don't even know what the hell at this point we're ta- we're doing besides sharing stories at this point. So um, I apologize to the trained professionals in this chat right now, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting, like, the the dynamics, because, you know, James, I think you're right, like, there has to be somebody leading, and we were talking about it when we were playing this afternoon, speaking of Obsessed Much, um, <laughs> is, is all of a sudden, we're, like, playing, and we're like, okay, look, we gotta come up with a rule, um, you know, if you pick, you are now in charge of the party, as like a first sergeant until we all die and we rotate to the next person because we're like, what do you want to do? I don't know, bro. What do you want to do? And then somebody's like, uh, Hey, we need to, Hey, we need to leave or we're going to die. And everyone's like, well, which <laughs> way do you want to go? <laughs> That's very, every true. time, <laughs> very every <true>. time. <laughs> all right. So as we, as we kind of transition, we're getting more into the game. Let's, let's, let's jump over to Xbox. I know last week we, we kind of went the wrong way. I sent you guys kind of how I, I want to talk about specifically to start Xbox, Xbox All Access, which is your way to have a subscription. It's $25 a month or $35 a month, depending if you get the Xbox Series S or the Xbox Series X. It also includes Xbox Ultimate Game Pass, which is gaming on PC, gaming on cloud for both iOS and Android now. And gaming on your Xbox, which is the Game Pass kind of Netflix subscription model, which is that subscription itself is $15 a month. So for 10 or 20 more dollars a month, you get a console. Now, after two years, the console is yours. You don't have to keep, you know, and you can opt out of the Game Pass subscription if you want. So I kind of want to make sure everybody's on the same page. I know we were kind of saying that there's interest that builds up the whole time. That is not true. The best way to look at this model is that it's just like going and getting your cell phone. For example, if I go and get my cell phone and I work out my plan and I pay $100 a month and I have the brand new iPhone, I don't at the end of, I'm not accruing interest along the way. And at the end of the, you know, when you get to a certain point, It'll say, hey, you're eligible for an upgrade. Well, Xbox kind of did that with their Xbox One going into the series consoles. And then you just continue your payments or you finish it off and the phone is yours. And now your your payment for your cell phone plan just goes down to whatever your monthly cell phone payment is. And you're not paying for the phone on top of it. So I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page. I, I know that we kind of went the wrong way. Now, there is the interest if you stop paying. Now, I... And, and that, you know, and, and Jay being a lot more into the financial side of things, that's something that, that is anything, right? If you don't pay, it's eventually going to come back to, to bite you in the butt. So you do need to be careful. But if, if you can't drop $500 on a brand new console and you're already going to get Game Pass for 10 or $20 more a month, you can get this console. You just have to, you know, you set up your automatic payments however you want to do it. Knowing that, Jay, as far as a parent, and Melina, as, as well with you, I kind of want to know your guys' take, and I, and, I, and I know Taylor can jump in here a little bit too, 
But when, when a kid comes to you and says, hey, I want this brand new video game console and it's Christmas, and especially if you have multiple kids or whatever, and you're like, I'm not paying $500 for that. But if you could get it on $35 a month in a world today where we're almost conditioned to have monthly subscription things, is that way more enticing to you than getting $500? Melina, we'll start with you. No, not really. You would rather pay, you would rather pay it up front? I, I don't kind of, yeah. Just because then I know I'm done. But yeah, you're still I don't know, paying kind of. for the other subscription services, kind of what I'm doing. Oh, I am. Okay. Is that what I have to do? You don't have to do it, but it is, and we'll go into that a little bit. But if you're going to get the subscription service, do you feel like paying, or do you still kind of run in the camp of you'd rather just buy the console outright? Yeah, I'd rather just buy it, I think. And Jay, what about you? Okay. And not you uh, personally. I... Not you personally. I'm, But again, we talk about you being the... You know, you're on the marketing side of things. You know that. Don't you find this side appealing to the people that cannot afford to drop the $500? It's kind of where I'm going with this. How can there be a negative? I know you were kind of on the camp of this is complete negative and they're looking for a way to scam people, but it just seems like a positive thing. Like, I don't see how there's a negative side to this. Uh, okay. When did I – okay, I'm getting back in my soapbox here. When the hell out of this group did I become the voice of fucking financial reason? If you can't afford $500 for a console, don't fucking get one. <laughs> Jesus. Like, I'm already having issues with this whole, like, Game Pass thing where, congratulations, you own nothing. Um, and if we decide to ban you for whatever reason, we're taking our stuff. And you've now got a $500 paperweight because we're not going to let you access your digital library at all. So when did I become That's the voice of That's why you only reason? cheat in Activision games. They don't ban anybody permanently. <laughs> no, no, no. You just get a new, you just get a new account. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're fine. Well, Jay, I'm, yeah. what I'm kind of, what I'm kind of going with is just, is, is again, not so much your personal opinion and, and not even, it just, I'm trying to point out the fact that this has to be a win for Microsoft finding ways to get consoles into people's houses. And clearly they were, you know, two to one behind Sony before, right? So if they're trying to reach to change the way people look at them, I feel like they're just giving so many different opportunities for people to obtain a console where it is it is on the other side, whether it's a Nintendo, a Sony, or God forbid you want to try to be a PC gamer and drop $45,000 on an actual setup. But it seems like they're just going above and beyond. Do you think by them opening up the door, this is really where I'm coming at you with, by them opening up the door to making it so much easier to access, whether it's their library, to get their console, do you think they are potentially changing the way other companies are going to have to go? No, because – and the only reason why I say this is PlayStation is very a very proud company. Sony is. Um, I don't think they're going to change your business model on it. Um, they're going to continue to say, fuck you, pay me. And uh, they're going to want their money up front. What Xbox is doing is the same thing that Rena Center and ABC Center and everything like that have kind of done is, oh, come on, buddy. It's only $35 a month. Um, when I worked in the automotive industry, when I continue to do um, you know, that, those types of consulting work, one of the first things I do is when we walk in and they're discussing the car payment is I basically slap the, the, the salespeople until they realize that they need to stop talking about the price of the car. We don't talk about the price of the car anymore. 
I'm going to charge you whatever the hell I want for the price of the car. Unless How I'm going to get you is, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say, you can afford $99, right? Well, yeah, I can afford $99. Well, I can move you up to this car for $125. It's got an eight, it's got, you know, a sunroof and some rims and a better sound system and, and, you know, molychromatic paint and all this other bullshit on it. Um, but what I didn't, but, but what you're not doing is you're not doing the math on it and all this payments and everything like that, because I know you're saying, well, you know, you're going to get game pass anyway, but the problem is, is the entry level person for $500 who can't afford $500 has no business being locked in at $35 a month payments for two years. Now on the marketing side of things. These guys are going to slay it um, because people are too dumb to look at the price tag. They're too, uh, you know, they're not going to do it. I, I'm really interested to see what the long-term plans are with the, de the game developers, though. <clears throat> because the reason why is because they're not necessarily getting that big bump, that big $60 bump or, you know, whatever it is, $60 plus a $20 DLC on drop or whatever it is. Um they're just getting a percentage of revenue based on downloads. I'm assuming it's like a Spotify type I mean, of revenue model. And that's the big thing is, is no one has any idea. The developers so far say they love it, um, especially indie developers. But even the, the big AAA developers say they love Game Pass. They love the way it gets their game out there. They've seen – here's the one thing that, that Game Pass does is that, for example, we'll just – this is why a lot of people say you can't really compare it to Netflix – Everyone, most people in the world have, you know, at least in the U.S., I would say a good 80% has Netflix or they use their friend's subscription to get on Netflix. Everyone watches Netflix. <laughs> but if you watch something on Netflix and we've seen it, we've seen it before, whether it was the Disney stuff, all of a sudden there's Disney Plus, so something you've been watching on Netflix over and over and over and over. And you've got kids that want to watch the same animated movie. Now, all of a sudden... That's not on Netflix anymore. Oh, you want that same Disney stuff? Now you got to subscribe to Disney+. Plus. Mm. Now, it's the same model that and, and other movies and TV shows on Netflix come and go. Every, every month, there's an updated list, things that are leaving, and then things that are coming in. And there's some things, third-party stuff that Netflix has known that, that rotates in and out. But if you wanted to buy that TV show or movie, you'd have to go to some other site, even if digitally, whether it's Voodoo, Microsoft, yeah, um, iTunes, whatever, and purchase that at whatever the, the, the cost that is, full price. But what Game Pass does is that anything on Game Pass, you can buy it at a discounted rate at any time, even up to right as they're telling you it's going to leave. So you can still end up owning the game. You can still buy it under that account. And then it leaves. So these developers are can actually Can we stop? Saying, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Hold on. But I can wanna, we I stop? Finish. No, so, no, no, no. Can we stop using the word buy? You don't actually buy anything if it's a digital download. You lease it. You don't own anything. You lease it. So let's stop to use it. Let's start calling it what it is. Because every, and I think that's kind of what, the, what you know, we're both kind of going at the same thing is, oh, well, you know, you're, you're getting this at a discount. Well, you've already paid the top of it off with, through your subscription, and you're in a lease. So, yeah, I could lease it to you for $44, and if you screw up, boom, gone. You do something in, you know, and I know we talk about hackers in, in Modern Warfare all the time. Oh, bam, kill your account. Like, it's gone. 
And, you know, I mean, it's it's really concerning that you might do something and Activision says you're a dirty, dirty cheater. And Activision goes to Microsoft and goes, hey, that shadow guy, boy, he's a dirty, dirty cheater. And they go, oh, my God, we don't want dirty, dirty cheaters. He what else is he, he doing? He hasn't been caught in five years. He's fine. Oh, OK, OK. He's fine. He's fine. He's a legacy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I don't mean to jump on you, but I mean, that's that's really what but it Jay, is. What, You're what not buying kind of, anything. What I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that, uh, you know, you talked about these developers worrying about not getting money. There, A lot of de- developers are reporting that even with it being on Game Pass, even staying on Game Pass, more people are buying their games than they than they were if it just went out for sale for $60. So they're seeing upticks in revenue on the purchasing side of things, which I don't... I'm with you. I don't really think I own the game if I buy it digitally. Yes, I do, as long as I keep my account and all that stuff. I mean, we can get into the semantics of all that. But Sea of Thieves Thieves is a perfect example, one of my favorite games. The game is never leaving Game Pass. It's a Microsoft first-party game. It's never leaving Game Pass. I have game... Why am I going to buy it for $40? Why? I'm just going to keep it on... I just have Game Pass. So I don't... So it blows my mind how much people still purchase it with the subscriptions. Um... And because I, I do agree with you is, do we really own those digital versions? Uh, I would love to hear Taylor's take on this because he is someone, and I do have somebody in chat, uh, Rebecca Trednari has a story for us. I want to jump in and this is going to be a great segue for something coming out soon um, that we're going to talk about. But I want to get Taylor's take on, you know, whether you feel like you own it. And I, the reason I'm asking Taylor is because he will buy games that are on Game Pass that are not leaving Game Pass, and he still buys them. So, Taylor, what's your thinking? Why do you still buy them? What entices you to buy them? Mm. The, a lot of them. A lot of it comes down to like, if anything, if like if I do decide I don't want to pay that monthly fee anymore, that game is tied to my account, and I'm not doing anything to lose my account because I've had it for so long. <laughs> so as long as that account is tied to me. I'm not going to lose that game, whether I want to keep Game Pass or not. So if I like the game, I want to keep that game, I will purchase it, and then it, I lease it to my account, basically. So then it, it is tied to my account. And I can download it, delete it, download it again. I've probably done that to 100 games where I've, I own the game, I delete it. I might want to check that out again, re-download it. Like, if I do that off of Game Pass, though, and I download it, and then I delete it, and I was like, maybe I want to come back to it. Well, it's not on Game Pass anymore. Well, and you bring up a good point, because look at um, the fight going on with Apple right now. That Apple decides all of a sudden, eh, you know what? You guys are getting too uppity. You guys are talking too much trash. You guys you know, don't like the payment terms anymore. Take your game and go away. Where you know Shadow is protected because he still got the game, and it, it, it wouldn't be on Game Pass anymore. Same thing, it wouldn't be on the Apple um, environment or the Google Play environment in, in those particular cases. Now, uh, Milena, I definitely want to ju- have you jump in here as you're just kind of listening, and I know you don't know all the details of everything, but just as a parent, does, you know, you come from a time where, you know, what you have, records and 8-tracks? Um, wow. You got, no, wow. but you get all these physical, you know, physical items, right? You, if you bought something for yourself, yeah. a movie, and, and, yeah. and now you have kids that, you know, I know some of them play PC games and stuff, and all that is a digital 
library, yeah. is it is it a strange thing? Do you feel like they don't really own it? What's your take <clears throat> on that? Yeah, I mean, I do. I totally agree. And I love what Shadow just said. And I know my oldest feels a lot the same way, where it's like, I want to own it. And I think the other thing, too, is like, I think it's also just like what I was hearing when I was hearing all you guys talk, of course, my clinical social work brain working, but what I was hearing is it's just really a different, it's like a different perspective because like I've, um, I have like friends and I know people and you taught, you brought up the iPhone, which that was interesting. And there's some people like that, like that who just know they're always going to have the new technology. So, or are they just always going to like, I have a friend who always buys a new car and so he's always budgeting it for a car. And for me, I'm like, I buy a car, I pay it, I pay either cash for it or pay it off. And I'm going to drive it for, I don't know, five, 10 years. And then I'm going to buy another one. But I don't put in my budget $500 a month for a car because I'm always going to have a car. Like I'm always going to have a car payment. You know, like I don't, I don't think about it like that. And so it's like, I'm almost hearing like a difference of perspective where it's like, it sounds like for you, it's like, I'm always going to have Game Pass, which is like fine. So it's like, that's just built into my budget. Like I'm, that's not going anywhere, you know, which is fine. And then Taylor and Shadow's kind of like, well, you know, if I ever decide I don't want it, you know, he doesn't feel that way about it, you know? Mm. So it just sounds like it's almost like a difference of perspective. But in terms of like being able to actually own something, I like that too. I mean, there's something about, yeah, I'm kind of the same way when it comes to like books, because I'll do that with my books. Like I'll have like digital ones or things I rent. Um, and if I want to keep it, then, I mean, if I want, like I have books on my shelf that I haven't read the paper, but I've read the, you know, or had the audio or whatever. I don't know. I understand it. <laughs> so I want to jump on. We've got a story over here on Facebook jumps in the chat. It's from Rebecca. So she says, uh, be careful of those automatic payments. My four-year-old has, has four-year-old has teenage half brothers who taught him how to play Xbox one. Well, much to our surprise, he knew how to play, but didn't always know what he was pressing because a shiny new blue controller arrived at our door one day, followed by several payments for $90 games in the entire Star Wars movie series. Yeah. <laughs> wow. First of all, you, know what? you should be thanking good. your four-year-old for getting you the entire Star Wars movie series. He's got good now you're protected. Um, But... <clears throat> And and this is going to segue into it. And I and I sent you guys articles on this. Xbox now has what on your phone. You can get this app. It's called the Xbox Family app. It's settings. And this week alone, they just added a brand new feature. And Jay, I definitely want to hear your take and Melina as well, where you can give your kids an account. You can put money on it, and then they can manage the money themselves through their Xbox. And you, as a, as a parent, will get a notification every time they buy something with that amount of money, what they bought, how much they have left. If there's something that else that they want or they don't have the budget for, they can click on something and it will send you a notification asking you if they're allowed to buy it or if you, they can get more money. So you're always able to keep track of that. I think it's something that Xbox has done amazing things. Uh, with that, and I think it's super important to give that limit. Now, Jay, as a as a parent, I know your son loves. We talk about this before. All and this this you were like the prime candidate. You talk about Roblox, and you know we talk about Fortnite. All these V bucks and all these I don't know what Roblox calls them. I apologize, mm -hmm. but all these things that these these currencies in game 
you know, we play a lot of Warzone and you can get free currency in the game and you save up for months and months and months to buy one skin of a gun that's irrelevant two weeks later. But do you, it was brutal. Do you, is this something that you <laughs> like? Do you feel like parents can use this as a tool to help teach their kids how to budget things and maybe save up for what they want? You know, how, how do you feel about this new setting in this app? Okay, so... Um, for everyone who's listening, who doesn't know, I actually own a digital marketing agency. This program sounds absolutely phenomenal. And it's something that I absolutely would have created for Xbox and for their environment to be able to increase revenue and close off the, um, the bleed of revenue, um, per head. However, as a parent, this is dumb as shit. So the reason why is for the exact reasons why my marketing brain goes, oh, my God, that's a fantastic idea. My parent brain goes, good God. Okay, so we just talked about how video games can be an addiction and everything in moderation. I am not going to sit there and give my son his allowance, $20 in Microsoft money or Microsoft bones or whatever the hell they want to call it, for him to go in there and go buy. You can buy whatever game or or you can go buy some ice cream or you can go out of the house or you can go catch a movie or you can go buy, you know, you can do something else. So um, I'm not a big fan of this as a parent at all. I think it's another skeezy way of getting your hands on money from a marketing standpoint. It's genius. And it, I swear to God, if my son ever tries to send me an email asking me for something that he wants. He will get immediately sent to spam and he needs to come and talk to me because this is what we just talked about. You need to be able to interact socially and say, yeah, hey, buddy, look me in the eyes. You got 20 bucks. It's 25. Cool. Go wash the damn car. Like you need to go earn that extra money, not just be like, "Mm, I'm going to have an automatically generated email sent to my dad's account asking for another 10 bucks. Now. I, as Jay is crapping all over this Xbox family app right now, at least this part of it, <laughs> I do want to make sure everyone understands. And I'm Jay, I'm sure you agree on this. Whether or not you put money into it and let them budget and all that and you use that, what you can do and to, to, to help someone out like Rebecca, what you can do by this Xbox app is you can restrict what uh, level of games even show up on the store for them, whether it's a, a parental rating or something like that. You can restrict it so they can't buy anything. So when they're on their account... They can't buy if, – if there's no money there, they can't just click on something. They can't go to the, the Microsoft store and see that, that cool game that's in their rating system that they're allowed to see or that controller or the Star Wars movie series, which, again, you're, you're welcome, Rebecca, that he has good taste. Um, but uh, I, I, you have to agree that part of it to, to be able to limit, one, what they see – I don't see how there's a negative in that when you don't have to worry about them. Because right now, if, if someone were to turn on my Xbox right now and walk in and sit down, they can click on anything and buy anything and it's just automatically going to go through. So, and, well, and Sony, does that's have, on- Sony does have family settings as well. I don't want you to, to sit over there all high and mighty like Xbox <laughs> inventing the wheel. They have things as well. I just don't believe Sony has an, as an app that simplified it, that they've really broken it down and just completely simplified it. I, I think to to be able to restrict what you see 
what they see is super important. I don't, I don't want, you know, as, as my son gets older, I don't want him just to be able to turn on the Xbox and see some of these, you know, we talked about anime last week, some of these JRPGs, these Japanese <laughs> RPGs, or, you know, any kind of movie that'll just show up on the movie store because it's a movie store, or half the games on Game Pass are still super adult, or, you know, there's... Plenty of games on there that I definitely don't want my son seeing until he's of a certain age. Okay, I'm going to put another soapbox on top of my previous soapbox on top of my previous soapbox. I'm about to shit on this thing some more. So let's understand. And we talked about this, I think it was last week. Are they charging money for this app? No, it's free. Then you are the fucking product. I don't understand why people can't understand this. The only reason why they're doing this, A... Because legally, they have to be able to have you sign off on the disclosures for you to be able to restrict what people see and people buy inside of the environment. The second piece is if it is a free app, they're not making any money off of it. It's costing them money to um, to host it, to be able to make the updates, to have the dev time, to everything like that. Guess what? That means it is a revenue generating product. They're not and they're not sitting here going, oh, this is for the good of the world. This is going to solve this is going to hunger. This is going to do all this other stuff. A new generating product, and it might be useful. But let's understand what they did was they took down the barriers of somebody may or may not that should be able to do it. Jay's, Jay's so bent out of shape, he keeps cutting in and out of his own microphone, I think. I so, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I, th- I thought uh, after I was like just crapping on the Xbox, you're like, oh, man, this guy's got to go. He's done. He's over. No, no. I, it was I don't, a good one, I, bro. I don't necessarily agree with part of your opinion, but I understand where you're coming from because you're looking at it how it's a genius side from a marketing standpoint. And I, you know... Again, I think some of these things are, are super helpful for parents that don't know. Um, that's just my personal take on it. Uh, but I, like I said, I understand where you're coming from. I feel like we definitely need to have a, a take on the podcast. It's called Jay's Five Minutes of Just Dumping on Something That Everyone Else in the World May Enjoy. Just so you know, just for those watching, I know some of you may see see Jordan in the chat right now. She's still in the process of moving, and she's 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 uh, wasn't able to join us tonight. She hasn't left the podcast. She's still one of our main hosts. She's still part of our our solid three. But she, I think, is so entertained by your rant right now. She just dropped a hundred bits in the chat. So, so thank oh you god. so much. Oh my god, I'm so showing the love. That that that's awesome. Um, James, continue to keep feeding me. I am on one tonight. Uh, normally I'm a little more reserved than this, but man, I am swinging for the fences tonight. So tell me something about how is a great product that is actually going to cost people more money. I mean, I feel like I would love you to turn the tables and, and why, you know, you as this big Sony PlayStation guy, you follow a company that you literally just said at the beginning of the podcast, will just give everyone the middle finger and tell you to keep giving you their money and you are their product. You are the person that buys their console for no reason because you do not play any Sony exclusive games. No, and the difference is is we talked about this. If you can't afford the PlayStation or you can't afford the Xbox, outright don't buy it on payment. 
yes, I am still rocking my PS4. I've talked about it numerous times. It has not gone into helicopter mode when it turns on. It doesn't sound like it's taking off from a tarmac yet. So I am going to rock this thing until it explodes, which will probably be very shortly considering it crashed a little bit. But uh, <laughs> this last this weekend, <laughs> but it's, it's in front of me. I don't want it to overhear my opinion of it or anything. It's going to cause me some issues. But the great thing is, is if that dies or anything like that, then yeah, I'm going to seriously probably look at getting um, an Xbox and I'm going to put it right next to the PlayStation and we're going to figure it out. Contrary to what you guys think of the Xbox, we'll give it a, we'll give it a go. But, you know, there's a lot of like great stuff coming out right now. I mean, one of the things that we probably need to talk about next week, what is it? The Steam Deck? Is yeah. that the new um, handheld console that we came out? We can definitely jump into you that wanna- for sure. You want to talk about a open, um, open environment? Who, man, I was reading this stuff on that. And I went, I, 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 and people throw around Nintendo Switch killer like way too much. Like, oh, this is going to take it down. It's going to take it down. I'm not saying it's going to take it down, but man, that definitely gave me a couple of uh, pauses because I was like, oh, great, it's another, uh, it's another handheld uh, gaming. Si- oh, wow, all Steam library plays like a PC. Like, I mean, it's really. Man, that thing was that thing's amazing. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to do a little bit of research and see kind of the specs. I'm I'm definitely curious. You know, PC always talking about the master race. I what is it? I think six hundred dollars for the the high end one with the the most memory. I mean, that is not very expensive. If you're telling me I can plug that in to my TV, like I can dock it to the TV and play it like a console. Uh, especially when you've got things like whether your keyboard and mouse is is um, wireless, and most Steam games work with Xbox or PlayStation controllers, which are wireless. It's going to be very interesting to see what kind of you know what what kind of specs this thing really can push. Can I? Am I playing every game at 720p or am I playing it at 4K? You know what what am I what am I seeing it like on the television? Is it going to? What are the frames that are running on it? All those things I think are going to matter to the PC crowd. As far as do I think it's going to be a Switch killer? Of course not. You just can't compete with it. I mean, outside of the uh, the Wii U, just about everything Nintendo throws on a shelf is successful because of their IPs and their exclusives. Uh, Taylor, what do you think? I don't think it'll be a Nintendo killer, but I'm interested really to see how it performs. Because... Having Steam be able to be played on my TV in front of me and just any game that's on there, especially with some of the sports some of those games get, like a game I used to play on um, Xbox was Seven Days to Die with a couple buddies. Well, they just stopped supporting that for console altogether. Well, they still support it on PC. I could play that off of that on my TV still? Come on. <laughs> that's... <laughs> that that would be something really cool to be able to do because a lot of there's a lot more games out there on the PC environment just and a lot of indie games and just different things that you could play that would be available to you that you can't get on console. Yeah, and and to kind of so you understand, Melina, I'm sure you're kind of in the dark on what the heck is a Steam Deck? Is it like uh, <laughs> you know I don't know. Um, so you know what the Nintendo Switch is? Can right? you cook with it. You know the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Correct. It's the handheld and all Nintendo games and stuff. Well, and you have kids that have PC gaming. So imagine that they she has this. The, she has that too. Yeah. Imagine that they don't need the PC. 
And all uh-huh. the games on their PC can be on a system that looks just like the Nintendo Switch. Oh, wow. So they can take that in the car and they can take it on. I think uh, the low-end one, the low-gigabyte-end one is uh, only $100 more than the Nintendo Switch. So, again, it's new. I don't think it comes out, what, till this holiday, I, I believe, Taylor? Something like that. I didn't really look to see when it was coming out. I was I'm more so, excited about what was on it. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited, but I'm, I'm also so skeptical that I don't, like, it's kind of like... Is this just going to be one of those things they say is coming and then it never actually comes, or is this going to be real? It's some of the uh, the preview folks um, have started receiving them already, and there's been uh, unboxings and stuff. So um, people have started posting uh, pictures online. They haven't posted any reviews yet, um, but but they it, it, there is an actual product now. I don't know if they've got enough production because you've got to remember with the pandemic and here we go with nerd stuff um, with the pandemic and stuff, chips and electronics have been struggling, especially, um, you know, high end sort of stuff. I'm interested to see, because even the PlayStation and Xboxes were having problems with, uh, with shipment windows and everything else. And I don't know if that is going to be solved by the time Christmas is around because you've got to kill Christmas in order for it to be um, big and you need to be able to ship a million units, 700,000 units in order for that, um, that unit to be able to take off. Yeah. Well, guys, I know we got a little heated and, and Jay is, uh, I don't know what his, his high horse was this week. So I apologize for those that, that, uh, may like some of these <laughs> family settings and these easy access apps. Uh, one thing I do want to remind everyone, whether it's the Xbox all access that you want to take advantage of, or you don't want to take advantage of, or you hate, it doesn't matter. Or the, the Xbox, the family settings app. I do think it's useful stuff on there for those that just kind of want to, that are that need that little bit control to, to limit things. It is something that's super handy. You can do all these family setting apps from the console. You can do it on a PlayStation. You can do it on a Nintendo switch. You can do it on the Xbox. You can even, um, I don't know if you can do it on steam or Epic game store. I, I don't know about that, but the only thing I like about the app is they just they just put that in a thing that's accessible, especially for parents that you pick up that PlayStation or Xbox controller and you're like, where are the settings? Where do I go? I have no idea what I'm looking at. And then your kid's like, oh, yeah, you just, you just put that over there. We can't trust them. You know, you're not really sure. Where is at least with the put app. Put your password in and hit the checkbox. You you're fine. At least with the <laughs> app, you have full control. At, at least with the app, you can understand what you're looking at. You can see what you're looking at. It breaks everything down. It's super, super simple. I was playing with it this week to restrict. I made an account on my Xbox and was just kind of restricting the access and see how easy it is to change. It is unbelievably easy to, to use. Also, with the Game Pass, one thing I do want to bring up, Jay, you talked about the $35 a month, the $25 a month with the all access. And I, I did remind everyone that this comes with a $15 Xbox game pass ultimate subscription. You're not paying that much more for the console. I do see how it can be appealing to some people. I am also kind of in the camp. I'd rather just buy it. What I do want to remind people, and this is why all access ultimately in the end, I didn't end up using it. I was thinking about getting it to get an Xbox when this new generation came out and I changed my mind. And the number one reason I changed my mind is yes, I will probably always have Game Pass for as long as it has. It's fi- I get Game Pass Ultimate. It is $15 a month. I have had Game Pass since the day it came out. I have never once spent $1 of my own money on Game Pass. 
because Microsoft rewards, you can build up points, and you can use those points to buy Game Pass. So I just want to remind people, for those that don't have it, and Jay, this is for you. You should get Microsoft Rewards now because you can start building. Whether you get an Xbox or not, you can still build those points. You don't need an Xbox to have this. You just go to Microsoft Rewards. You make your, your Xbox account or your Microsoft account. You start getting these points. You get points for if you want to buy rent a digital movie. People rent movies all the time. You could, if you buy a digital movie, if you buy a game, you get anything. Just like any other thing, you get the points. These points I turn in to get the subscription. So... It's kind of a win-win. I don't see why someone, if you're going to have an Xbox, you definitely should have it because you're using, you're, they're just giving you points. I know Taylor uses it. Taylor, you're the same as me, right? You, that's how you get your Game Pass subscription every month as well, right? No. <laughs> what do you, what, but what do you use it for? I have it set up to auto-redeem a $10 gift card every time I uh, hit the point limit. Okay, so, but you're still using it's actually, it. It's cheaper for me on points value because it actually deducts 20% of what that $10 gift card would normally cost in points by setting it up to auto redeem $10 every time. So that's why I'm doing it. And then I can use that to buy whatever I want on console. So right now I think I'm sitting on like 80 bucks in redeemable currency. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like I said, it's simple things, whether you're using um, Bing on your phone to search for things, which is horrible in itself already. But that does give you points for searching things up to like 20 things a day. So you don't have to like set Bing as your like main thing. You just have to click on 20 pictures and you get 200 points a day just by that. Um, so, but it is super handy. It is super helpful for those that just kind of want to build up something and, and not actually, there are ways to, to get these things and it's like just about everything in life, right? I mean, people have point system for their gas, for their groceries. This is just another thing. I'm sure Jay will will put a marketing spin on it if he if he wants to get back on his soapbox and say this is a way of reve- of generating revenue. I'm sure it is because no one's no company's giving away things for free. That's just not how the world works. If they weren't getting money in return, I'm sure they're not going to do it. But I did just want to say that that's one of the downsides of the all access program. If you're building up points constantly in in getting your subscription that way, you're not saving any money by having all access. Now you're just building up points and nothing to get with them. Uh, so I just wanted to preface that and put that out there for people. But I am excited that everyone stopped by. Uh, John Meserve, who's been here almost every week, a great friend of mine. I know we, we plugged him last week. Big Adventure, uh, trekkingon.com. That's something you guys should check out. Uh, Rebecca Trednari stopping by this week. Lone Wolf. Doc Holliday, Kia Kane, Mr. J, Mistress of Shadows. We'll let that uh, topic go on its own. Free Bane, <laughs> right. A lot of uh, people stopping by, so I appreciate everyone. Uh, and, of course, we're looking forward to having Jordan back, I believe, uh, next week. So we're excited to have her back. And we will jump into this team deck, which I think is great. She's mainly, you know, she was a PlayStation player, mainly plays a lot on console. I would love to hear from someone like her that is big into this Valorant scene. Imagine if, you know, she just went on this trip now she can play Valorant on the go. Are you like, is that, you know, again, that's a game. I would, that's an online game. So does that mean you have to have the great internet connection? What, you know, what kind of, what, how's that game going to play that games like that are super precise. So I, I can't wait to hear her take on if she's, if she would be someone that's excited for this kind of device for traveling and things like that. And just the ease of access for it. Um, 
But with that being said, I want to kind of go around the room, say goodbye. Milena, if people wanted to reach out to you, is there any way someone, a parent listening today, could reach out to you on any questions? Sure, yeah. You guys can definitely reach out. Um, maybe email might be the easiest way. I don't know. It's, um, I, don't, I don't know what would I don't know. <laughs> well, you guys, I wasn't ready so, for this question. <laughs> no, you're fine. So any, anyone who wants to, to reach out to Melena, you can reach us at parentsforusgaming at gmail.com. We will forward all your information over to Melena. That way uh, uh, she can ask. And if you don't, you don't have to necessarily tell us what you want to ask. You just say, hey, can you get me in touch with Melena? And we will send your information over to her and she'll reach out to you privately. And uh, Taylor. Cool. I, Taylor I'm very happy to help. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for coming by. We're super excited to have you. Taylor, thank you so much for stopping in again and kind of following up on last week's. Um, any big anime coming out soon that you think people should check out? Um, they just restarted the time I got reincarnated as a slime. <laughs> I started watching that again. Um, it's interesting. It's, to say the least, It's it's cool. It's actually... It would probably be a teenage anime. It's not anything super bad, but it there is some violence in it. But and other than that, yeah. I do want to just apologize to anyone in the community that is a console Warframe player. And maybe in the fact that it's going cross-platform. I know that for those that do play Warframe, uh, Taylor's group is huge into this. They're also very, I am going to use the word, they're very addicted to controlling the economy of that game. For So for those that, that know and understand that play Warframe, I apologize. And anyone that's upset the way that economy of that game is running, you can reach out to Parents First Gaming at Gmail and send all. I will pass all your complaints on to Taylor because they... Uh, can sometimes get a little bit carried away and they love scamming people on there in a way to it's not really scamming <laughs> we're just increasing the value of a product that doesn't actually cost that much jay and the marketing side of things is that considered a scam no absolutely not that's taking advantage of your tools to increase your profits i don't understand why this is such an issue as a person you guys suck <laughs> and uh jay where where can people find you this week or what do you got going on the, the idaho horsemen and everything coming up do teams actually still show up to play you or is everyone forfeiting now nope we've got uh we got a couple games left and uh please send all hate mail to james um go ahead uh and send it over to the gmail account for parents versus gaming because uh yeah i'll have him open it first and kind of translate it i'll give him my response He'll translate it, and we won't get sued. <laughs> and I do love the fact that, and Taylor, mark this down for our group, because if you were listening correctly, and we'll bring up this, Jay said when that PlayStation dies, he's likely to get an Xbox, which I, I, I do hope you get, Jay, because come November, the Warzone's going on the shelf, and Halo Infinite will be a... Uh, a big time play by our group, and I, I would hate to have you sitting on the sidelines because you're you've been such a big part of our our group and community. So hopefully you'll 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 pick up the controller and and join us. Nope, I used to play a lot of Halo back in the day on everyone else's console, and uh, you know there's is something to be said for the Halo Legacy, which is just jumping up and down repeatedly in a first person shooter, hoping not to get hit. 
to the point where even in Modern Warfare, it's a Halo jumping bastard um, on the kill cam that just murked you. So, no, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to play. We'll see what happens. Halo jumping still better than you're laying down shooting people that developed in Call of Duty. I'm telling you, there should be a penalty on the jump up and down and the lay down on your aim. Well, this you should be. You can't do that in real life, jump up and down with an M16 and still accurately shoot people in the head? I would like to see it. <laughs> we, we need to go to the range, oh, the range one day yes. and actually try this yeah. and see how it works. We should, re- I, we should I go to the gun range and... Well, that maybe that'll be our one of our live episodes, Jay. When next time you come down to Texas, we'll, yes. we'll bring Jordan down too. We'll all go to the range and we'll we'll convince them to let us be able to jump up and down while we shoot and see who's more accurate. I can't wait to find the range that will actually let us do that in their place. <laughs> There's some outdoor ranges that'll let you do it. You just gotta find them. Taylor, you, you'll definitely be in charge of that. So with that being said, guys, this was episode 17. It was a little bit all over the place. I do want to thank again, once again, Taylor and Milena for coming on the show with us. I'm sure we're going to have both of you again on future episodes, and I look forward to next week as we get, uh, I believe we're getting Jordan back, and we'll jump into the Steam Deck and, and what uh, is going on with that. So thanks, everyone, for coming out, and we hope you guys have a great week. Bye-bye.